0: From WUSC-FM and HG1 Columbia, I'm Glenn
1: Snyder. And I'm Troy Dassing. This is Hot Topics from WUSC News.
0: Coming up, as summer quickly approaches, we'll tell you how you can be a part of an event unique to one local national park. Stay tuned to hear how you can view the Colum- the Congeries' synchronous fireflies.
1: Plus, speaking of the Congaree, the Congaree Vista downtown is holding its annual Artista Vista event this weekend. Ahead, hear how you can get out and see some local artwork this weekend, all while staying COVID safe.
0: And while the pandemic forced many artists out of work, Columbia's Cogar Center set out to keep the creativity flowing. We'll sit down with the Cogar Center's gallery curator to talk about their newest display, highlighting local artists and reliving the uh, pandemic in a unique way. That's all coming up this
1: week on Hot Topics. Hot Topics.
0: Back to another edition of Hot Topics, right here from WSC News. I'm Flint Snyder, and I'm Troy Dassing. And Troy, this is your first show as official host. Welcome to the table. Yeah, great to be, great to have you here today.
1: Yes, it's uh, so sad to see Trey go, but. Yeah. Uh, Glad to take over. Glad to be able to be here.
0: Yeah, He, um, for anyone that, you know, is an avid listener, you know, Troy has filled in a little bit. He's also been the man behind the scenes, kind of pulling all the strings this past uh, two semesters now. Wow. So, uh, yeah, moving on up to the uh, hosting role. So, welcome. Yeah. And we got a busy show to talk about. There's a lot going on around town this weekend. I feel like as the weather has been warming up, so have the events. So Yeah,
1: and especially with the COVID vaccine. Yeah,
0: that rollout's happening. So, uh, you know, we're going to take advantage of that and have some uh, cool events coming up, one of which being something that kind of combines being outside and being around others, that is at the Congaree National Park. And they are offering the public opportunities to view the park's fireflies, which I don't know if you knew this, Troy, but the fireflies are a huge draw to Congaree every single summer.
1: Yeah, I I didn't know that this was a thing until, like, we were talking about it at the meeting and, like, we were talking about things that were coming up with events and stuff. And it's so interesting. Like, the picture that's on the website about it just is – it looks gorgeous uh, for anyone – that um for anyone that is that's able to definitely check it out it's uh on the national park service website if you look up like Congaree national park synchronous fireflies you can check it out but um yeah it's it's gorgeous
0: yeah it um so basically the synchronous fireflies are, I kind of describe them as like nature's fireworks almost, so they just, obviously they light up in formations these bugs do obviously they're natural, this isn't like a stage thing, this is a really cool Mm -hmm. natural phenomenon that happens, and it's so popular actually that they're going to have to have a lottery system in place to help keep those uh, people social distanced while giving people the opportunity to view these fireflies Um, so the events are going to be held May 20th through the 22nd and 27th to the 29th, and so what they're going to be doing is viewing will be limited to 25 vehicles per night. Um, so a lottery is going to be uh, required to enter to the park on those dates. The lottery is opening tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. and is going to remain open through next Monday, the 19th, with results being announced on Friday, April uh, 20, uh, 23rd. And so um, I think tickets are ranging at about $20 each. Um, and it's looking like a pretty popular event if a national park has to have a lottery in order for it to get in. I've never quite yeah. really heard of that.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like I hear about like Obviously, the normal like big money lottery, but then like you hear about lotteries for like these super exclusive events, and like I just wouldn't expect an event to be so popular at like a park that there needs to be a full-on lottery for it. Yeah,
0: and sometimes I wish this was a TV show so we could show people some of the things that we're talking (laughs) about. If if you're kind of curious to see what these um, kind of formations and just the they almost it almost looks fake, you know, a Mm -hmm. little bit it almost looks like kind of lights or something just in the woods because. The Congaree National Park, for anyone that hasn't been there, is really mossy. It's really overgrown. There's a lot of brush there. And so mixed in with that, it looks like – I would describe it as kind of like natural Christmas lights is what it looks like. So for anyone listening that wants to uh, kind of find out a little bit more about it, you can head to the uh, Congaree uh, National Park's – website. But then also, if you just want to Google image what the fireflies look like there, the Congaree National Park fireflies, they're here every uh, every year. And I remember, you know, and, and the, the park is still under some restrictions for COVID. But I remember last summer, people were really bummed out, you know, that they weren't going to be able to see these fireflies this year. And, you know, I was like, well, why why is everyone so worked up about these fireflies? Like, why isn't it yeah. so pressed to see them? And then I looked him up and I was like, oh, okay, it <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I kind of just had like a really dumb moment the other day when I was researching this, uh, story. I was like, you know, why is our baseball team called the fireflies? And now, you know, Made the connection. Three (laughs) three years later, you know, it's still just just now made the connection. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, from one event to the next, we have a really cool event that apparently has been going on for 29 years that I'm just now hearing about. Me too. Yeah.
1: Uh, So, yeah, it's the Artista Vista. I actually found out about it, Um, I'm working on it for uh, a class. Actually, I'm going to be covering it re- coming up. And mm-hmm. it, it's a super cool event coming up. It's basically, it was really, really big, or and it has been, as, as you said, it's been going on for such a long time. Um, and it got canceled in 2020. So the fact that it's coming back, a lot of people are excited. But the Artista Vista uh, Festival, it's, it's this big arts festival that's going to be going on all this weekend in the Vista area. That's like Lady Street, Gervais area, mm-hmm. Pulaski over there. Um, but yeah, there's just going to be tons and tons of, uh, exhibitions of art, uh, starting on Friday night. Uh, there's going to be a a big, uh, gallery crawl. Uh, so basically there's going to be a bunch of places that are open all throughout the Vista that you can go to, and there's going to be live music out there and there's going to be tons of different things. There's going to be interactive things like at Studio Cellar. They have like this, uh, Columbia landmark series Mm -hmm. and they're going to be doing classes to like teach people how to do those paintings step by step. And so not only can you, like, go there and look at the art, but you can actually, like, take part in it, too. And a lot of restaurants are going to be having, like, special deals and stuff like that. And then there's also, on Saturday, there's going to be uh, more outside of the Vista, kind of in the arts around the area, kind of on Pendleton Street. And uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the One-Eared Cow. It's a glass-blowing shop over...
0: Wait, what? They have uh, a, There's a shop called the One-Eared Cow?
1: Yeah, yeah. And they do, um, they do glass art. It's very cool. cool. It's it's um it's on, uh the the Gervais Street side that the Vista is, but it's it's kind of a little bit outside. Mm-hmm. It would it's like a drive to get there. Gotcha. If, you, if you're like walking around the Vista for most of the festival, it would be a drive. But they are participating in it. Lots of cool stuff there. And then um, uh they're they're also hosting Crafty Feast, which is um free again. That's uh, a lot of different um. Uh, restaurants and stuff in the area that are going to be partaking in the festival and doing, uh, doing a lot of discounts and stuff like that. And then Live on Lincoln is on Sunday from 5 to 7. Uh, the Coger Center is actually connected with that, uh, which we will hear about in just a minute. But um, it's going to be a lot of different uh, live performances, whether that's music, theater, something like that, uh, and it's going to be outdoor, socially distant, and you basically this is uh, while all these other things have been free, this is going to be ticketed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is going to have uh, lots of different types of live performances, music or not, uh, and food. And if you want to check out tickets for those, they are on. You can just visit the Vista's website, and it's pretty much on the front page. It's just Artista Vista, and you can find
0: out more there. Sweet, looking like a fun, family-friendly event out there. A lot of it's free, like you mentioned, and even if you know some of the businesses in the area aren't necessarily participating in the festival themselves, it does look like. Some- Some of the areas or the businesses around them are having discounted prices. Uh, Just from the list here, I can see Craft Axe Throwing, which is the axe throwing bar, which I've always wanted to go to. 10% off per person on Friday and Saturday from noon to 5. Gervais and Vine having live music out there. So a a lot of great things happening out in the Vista this weekend. Just checked the weather. Looking like slight chance of weather uh, rain on Saturday. But other than that, we're looking pretty good for the weekend. So. You know, definitely get out there and, and stop by and enjoy it. Uh, we did talk about COVID precautions. Uh, they said that a, a safety plan has been put in place. Masks are required. Hand sanitizer encouraged. Social, dis- social distancing enforced. So looking like a very fun weekend out there for sure. And, you know, you did mention the Live on Lincoln event, which is kind of the culmination of this Artista Vista and the Coger uh, Center's uh kind of series of performances that they've been kind of putting on. And speaking of the Coger Center, they've been very busy over there. They uh, recently released a new gallery that's highlighting some local artwork during the pandemic. Ahead, we're going to talk to gallery curator Lauren Smith about kind of what they were trying to do with Year 1593 project and uh, kind of what came out of it and how you can view it. But first, this is Hot Topics from WSE News. We'll be right back.
1: And welcome back to WUSC News. This is Hot Topics. I'm Troy Dassing. And I'm Flint Snyder. And guys, uh, coming up, we've got a really cool interview that Flint and I uh, got to take part in earlier this morning with. Um Lauren Strange from the Coger Center about the new 1593 project.
0: Yeah, it was a really cool um, gallery that they set out to do. Last summer, they kind of picked applicants, and now they're just now releasing this gallery. It was um, just a... She'll kind of explain a little bit more about it, but it was basically a chance to give artists the opportunity to highlight their work even when the pandemic shut everything down. So this is Lauren Strange from the Coger Center for the Arts.
1: Um, so I guess, Lauren... Uh, First thing we wanted to ask was kind of give us a brief overview of like what the 1593 gallery is and what inspired it and its purpose. So the
2: 1593 gallery stems from the 1593 project that we did last summer. Um, Since the Cougar Center had to shutter its doors, we kind of felt a little bit of hopelessness because we didn't have any uh, purpose anymore because our whole purpose is to um, host performances and arts events inside of our building. Um, and that same kind of like emptiness that we felt, we could only imagine that the artists felt it on a ten, tenfold because that's what they do, you know? Um, so we decided to create the 1593 project, which uh, the namesake comes from the year 1593, um, when the bubonic plague shut down all of Europe. So all the theaters had to close in Europe um, and it incidentally was the same time. Um, those, those closures were kind of a catalyst for Shakespeare's best works. Um, he actually wrote them in quarantine. So we wanted to take that same um, kind of inspiration and bring it to the artists of South Carolina and give them kind of a purpose during their isolation, um, give them something to work towards. The gallery is just a culmination of the top artists who, um, won. We had about 55 artists from all over South Carolina, um, apply. And we had a main winner, Kimberly case, who's a photographer. We had three runners ups, um, a quiltist an animation, uh, artist, and then an oil painter. And they all, uh, are really amazing artists. And I think like the, breadth of genre or medium of art is kind of a really cool thing to see on the walls.
0: Yeah. And Lauren, you were the point person for, I guess, putting together the galleries. And you said you had like a variety of different genres of art from like you said, like a quiltist you guys had. Like, that's Mm -hmm. pretty cool. So how do you kind of, I guess, when you're trying to determine a winner, how do you decipher between the multiple genres? I mean, what type of criteria were you guys looking for? And how did you ultimately pick uh, the photographer as the winner?
2: So it was extremely difficult. Um, we did a little bit of an internal kind of um, sifting of art internally, but that was like very, very minor. Um, we actually asked external judges from the community to be the final say, just because although we do enjoy the arts in the Cogar Center, we are no professionals when it comes to visual art. So we actually asked someone um, from the South Carolina Arts Commission who regularly code um, like judges for arts fields, which is one of the biggest um, visual arts contests in South Carolina. And then we also did um, two painters and then we had one um, person from the children's theater who has like a really wide background in just general arts in South Carolina. Um, so we figured they were a little bit more equipped to judge. Um, and they, you know, really came to the decision that Kimberly had, had like just an amazing, um, eye for art. So they picked the photographer.
0: Can you just describe what the the photos are like? I mean, what kind of sets them apart? Um, Why should people come and see the photos?
2: Well, it's definitely just right off the bat, um, a huge display of photographs. It's 73 photos total. Um, And it's in a gallery style wall, which means that there's um, different types of frames, there's like different sizes, and they kind of just span one wall, they kind of stack on top of each other. And uh, I really like Kimberly's vision that she had for this, because she really wanted it to be um, like a photography depiction of 2020, like uh, chronologically. So you can see from their numbered one through 73. And you can see from like the first one, you can see like, mother's day and the summer solstice and when the vaccine was announced and like new year's eve and all that and you can kind of see it but it's not in this like sad kind of dark way um she uses a lot of very whimsical depictions um very the the costumes are very whimsical the lighting is very moody um and so they almost look like like paintings the way that she has, um, them photographed. Uh, so it's very cool to see a depiction of 2020 chronologically, but not in a very like despairing way. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that kind of was one of the reasons that she rose to the top, um, just because she took this really dark and like, terrible time. And she really found like a light in her life, which was photography. And um, I think the coolest thing is they're all self portraits. So it's only her, she's the only person that's photographed in the entire gallery. Um, So it's really interesting to see how like the lighting and the costuming really changes how she looks. Um, And she has a couple of behind the scenes photos that she has framed as well. So you can kind of see how she made the pictures herself because she was the only person in the studio
0: we hear a lot of times about like the doom and gloom like you said of 2020 does she almost um, like it sounds like she's almost humanizing the COVID experience if you will um i mean I, I imagine that would be a very interesting way and a different perspective to kind of relive all of this you know because like we've we've seen it many times relived but in a way like portraits it's very unconventional in today's age but to be able to see that i think is really cool
2: yeah, I think that one of the things that I like the most about it is a lot of the um, art that you see stemming from the pandemic includes masks and masked people, which is a very big thing, obviously. Like, we all still have to wear masks, um, but I liked that only two of her portraits included her wearing a mask, mm-hmm. so it does kind of, like you said, humanize um the pandemic and it kind of shows uh, that there is someone under the mask still there. We're all still dealing with everything, but um, it was very cool to see that she didn't include that and make that a focal point of all of her photographs. Um, And she included all of the um, holidays of last year, but she didn't make it seem isolated, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, none of her pictures seem isolating, even though it's just her. They seem very uh, enticing, very warm and inviting, even though it was just one single person in every photo. Mm.
0: You know, I remember that submissions for this gallery were open through late June, which is when COVID took its biggest toll on South Carolina. What were some of the reactions from the artists? Were they relieved that they had this opportunity? I mean, did what were some of the feedback that you heard from some of the artists during this whole process about their experience with their art during COVID and how it's been impacted?
2: I think that it all the feedback that I got while we were receiving submissions is very positive. A lot of people were like, thank you so much for doing this. Um, but I think that I didn't understand the scale of gratitude that the artists had until I got to talk with all of them um, when we did the opening reception for the gallery last week, um, because not only did the winning artists come, but there were people who had submitted their art who didn't win that stopped by, and I got to talk with them all about you know their art and how they're doing and and if they're like feel like they're kind of getting back into the rhythm and across the board, there was so much gratitude and so much appreciation for just having a reason to get up and do art every day. Um, And I didn't, I don't think I really got the full scale of that until I got to talk to them in person. Um, A lot of the people, they, you know, said I, the only reason I got up and tried to do things is because I was like, oh, I have to submit my art to this 1593 project. or i had one artist who hadn't really touched his art in a in a few years um but he was just sitting at home during the pandemic and he was like oh he, he saw the the 593 project um on the news and was like oh you know i have those couple pieces that i haven't touched in a while maybe i'll get those back out and it was the reason that he um actually pulled out old paintings and finished them and and kind of put a new light on his old art. So it was overwhelmingly positive. And I think that that was just really heartwarming to see um, because sometimes when you put out calls for art or just projects and they're new, you never really know how it's gonna be received by the community, you always hope for the best. Um, But we were really expecting like 15 or 20 artists. And I think um just this sheer number of submissions that we received is um, just really positive and, and kind of helps us be excited for this year's call for art because we're planning on doing it again.
1: Sweet. Why do you think there was like such this this big call for art within 2020? I mean, I know we had the pandemic and, and quarantine, but um, do you think there was anything else that really pushed people to get this art out and and make this call for it in 2020?
2: So I think that not only did the pandemic stop artists from being able to perform or have galleries or have, um, you know, people come into their studio to photograph. I think it also really was a turning point for arts for in the digital world. Um, previously, it was kind of taboo to like watch a performance live stream um, because you know people really want to be there. They want the clout of being like, "Oh, I went and saw this performance last night," so I can take a picture and put it on Instagram, and I have the you know the um, program and everything. Um, and I think that quarantine, although was um, very detrimental to the arts, was very much a turning point for the options that we have digitally now. So, I mean, artists were doing live streams of them painting and they were asking for donations, which is like a process that you normally don't get to see by an artist because you don't get to step inside their studio, you only get to see what's left on the walls in the gallery. And you saw um, like the South Carolina Philharmonic did um, from our home to yours which was a series where they took their individual performers and had them uh, live stream and asked all of their um, season ticket holders if they'd like to join. And I just think it was a, definitely a turning point for the arts and they could really pivot and find more outlets that weren't just on stage.
1: What's next for the Koger Center? Uh, what, what's coming up? What can, is there, is there anything you want to plug?
2: Yes? We actually have a lot of really exciting things happening. We're excited that South Carolina is rolling out the vaccines so we can have a little bit more leeway on the numbers that we have inside. Um, So this weekend, April 18th, we're doing Live on Lincoln as like the finale to Artista Vista, which is in the Vista. Um, And it is a kind of a multi-show performance and dinner by Blue Marlin. Um, and it shows showcases a lot of the South Carolina Midlands organizations, arts organizations. Um, so we've got opera, we've got dance, we've got theater, we've got um, uh, symphonic music. It's going to be really great. And all of the proceeds from that go to the organizations who are performing. This is our second Live on Lincoln The first one was last October, and I think that it was really great to have the performers on stage again because that was the first time that they had really been on stage since the pandemic started. So we're excited to give them um, a continuing need to get on stage and and still give them that kind of financial um, help that they desperately still need. Um, So that's this weekend on Sunday, 5 p.m., and it's gonna be a great showcase of all the talents of the uh, Midlands and the food's gonna be great and the tables are still available. I've got a few left and the um, sale for the table ends on Friday. So if you want to come or if you want to check it out, so you can go online to the, Center for the artscom and see uh, what there is to offer. And then we do have... The Jazz at the Lincoln Center Orchestra, um, the Septet is coming with Wynton Marsalis on May 2nd. That is really big deal. The last time that Wynton Marsalis was here, I think was 2002. Um, But this is just the Septet. So you kind of get the best of the best from the Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra. Um, It's all of the um, section leaders who are going to be performing. um, And that's May 2nd. And it's very exciting because we've been trying to get them here for a while. And I think that the pandemic has actually helped us in that favor um, because people are looking for places to perform and we are able to be that place right now. Whereas a lot of venues in the north are still trying to open up safely because they just have a larger population, more condensed. So we're excited to have Jess and Orchestra with Wynton Marsalis on May 2nd.
0: Finally, where can people view this gallery? How can people access it?
2: So the gallery is open um, by reservation right now, just because we do have a couple of classes from the school of music in the building. Um, But you can call the Cogar center um, anytime and just give us a heads up, ask us when it's best to come and view it. um, And we'll let you know. And you can just pop by it's located on the second floor in the gallery so if you ever find yourself in the building for a performance or you're just in the area, um, give us a call. We'll let you know if it's available. If the is open for events, the gallery is open for viewing. So if you know that there's gonna be like a ballet or a symphony or anything like that, You can just pop by and just let one of our ushers know that you're going to go and view the gallery, and they'll let you go right on up, and you can go and see.
0: Sweet. And it runs till when?
2: It runs until August 13th.
0: Alrighty. That was uh, gallery curator Lauren Smith from the Coger Center. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Sounds like a cool uh, uh, gallery. Looking forward to heading out
1: there. Yeah, for sure. I I definitely am going to try to check it out at some point in the near future before it closes in August.
0: I checked out some of the pics online after you did the interview, and they are stellar, if I do say so myself. But that's going to do it for this edition of Hot Topics. Join us every Wednesday for the latest news in entertainment, culture, food, and everything in between. Hot Topics is a production by WSC
1: News and Garnet Media Group. You can catch other WSC News shows on Monday and Friday at 6 p.m. and on garnetmediagroup.org.
0: Plus, if you're not able to catch WUSC News shows live, check out our podcast for all the highlights. Stream them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search WUSC News.
1: And for round the clock updates about future shows, follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at WUSC News. I'm Troy Troy
0: Dassing. And, oh, come on. First time, do it again. (laughs) I'm Troy Dassing. There we go. We had to get it right. Great first show, by (laughs) the way, Troy. It's great to have you here. And I'm Flint Snyder. Thanks for joining us. And remember to keep it hot.